Hey everybody, before jumping into this week's episode, which is all about how to be consistent in your marketing, Luke and I wanted to take a quick second just to tell you what we do here at Reminder Media for consistent marketing for yeah, our clients. This is literally the number one question we get, no joke, is like how often should we be in contact with our database, with our clients? And so this is really where we specialize at Reminder Media. Over the last two decades, we've worked with 100,000 clients, helping them with their contacts, how often you should be in touch. Our platform can literally schedule out for you up to 66 touch points to help you stay top of mind. And when you can stay top of mind, that's what's going to lead people to remember you, ultimately refer you, and do business with you again. Yeah, so stay paid listeners can take advantage of a special offer over at ReminderMedia.com slash offer. There's some questions there that you can fill out to tell us which products you might be interested in, and one of our reps will follow up with you to walk you through it. Again, that's ReminderMedia.com slash offer. And now this week's episode. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid, the best sales and marketing tips of your week in 15 minutes or less, Luke. Josh, <laughs> every, every once in a while, I wonder, are you going to get my name correct? I can't spell it right. Yeah. A-C-R-E? No, I did it right there. Yeah, A-C-R-E. It right. No, that's not right, is it? A-C-R-E-E. Yeah, it's a hard you name. You spelled acre. People say acree, acree, acree. Yeah. No one says acreage. Many miss, I don't get mispronunciations. It's always stike or stick. Sometimes people say are sticky, but um, it's spelling. <laughs> The number I'm going to call you that now. The number of times Josh I've Sticky. gotten. That was my nickname in high school. Sticky. Really? Nice. Mine was Stick of Steel. <laughs> Mainly because. That's what your brothers called you? Yeah, no, no. Friends. I had friends just because homeschoolers <laughs> don't go to school. They still have friends, people. They might be my stuffed animal friends, but. <laughs> How, we'll just Stick of Steel. We've got to hear the story okay, this one. I, I should find the picture, but man, I looked like an emaciated oh. little kid, like a, <laughs> like you could see my ribs. I was really skinny. Yeah. But I was strong. Skinny and, I and was, strong. I, I could okay. hold my ground. We used to play, ta- Ariel's crying back there. We used to play like tackle football, backyard football, but tackle and stuff. And I was tough. <laughs> I was a stick of steel. Well, surprisingly enough, today's podcast is not about nicknames that we had in high school. It's actually Shocking. about consistency, which is what we were just talking about before the podcast here. Everyone knows that in order to get people to know you, like you, trust you, and ultimately use you for your services or your business, you have to be consistent. Not just consistent in how many times you contact someone, but also in the consistency of your words, your actions, and your service. But that's easier said than done. In fact, it's the number one answer we get. When we ask people what their biggest marketing struggle is, it's consistency. We actually have a community. It's a private Facebook group. So if you're listening to this and you're a client of Reminder Medias, you can search Reminder Media Community on Facebook. You can request access there. But whenever you request access to a group, we have like three questions. Yeah. One's like, what's your name? What industry are you in? And then it's, what's your biggest marketing struggle? I'm seeing consistently that consistency <laughs> is the most consistent <laughs> marketing struggle that people are coming back with. So that led us to create this podcast. We're also going to do some training in that group. So every week, Luke and I do some free training in that group as well. So I encourage you all to jump in there. In this episode, we're going to talk about that as well as how many touch points we believe you should be having in your marketing, mm-hmm. how to create a consistent brand experience, and then the greatest threat to actually executing 
on consistency yeah. in your marketing. I was just saying before we came on, I, the one thing about us that drives me nuts about me and you and Reminder Media, sorry to include you in it, Josh, you're just- I'm more than welcome. Yep. Is for some reason, like our marketing, the one place I think we just don't do a great job is we, we always kind of play the middle a little bit too much. It's like, you maybe have noticed this even in our podcast, like we don't go- borderline, although some people might not think that some people might think, you know, that we are crazy, but we tend to play the middle. But I did say the one thing we do well is we are consistent. Mm. Like, like we have struggled with the podcast. How aggressive should we be with the guest? Aggressive is the wrong word, but you know, how, um, what topics should we take on? Should we take on controversial talk topics? Should we not? Should we do clickbait? Should we not do clickbait? All these things from a marketing standpoint, but none of those things stopped us from recording every from week. actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. From just continuing to do it, even though we were fact, we recorded the first one about five times. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> but after that first one, it's true, man. It we served us we well. Stop, like man. our, our one thing that we, we know we will do is we will be consistent. We yeah. will consistently plug away and refine it and refine it and refine it. But it is, it is a great challenge because it does get discouraging not to jump to the end. But it can get discouraging when you're doing marketing, when you're working out, in your relationships, whatever it is in your life. It's really hard when you're not getting the responses you want or the engagement you want or the results you yeah. want to stay consistent. Well, it, plays, it pays off um, from the standpoint of I remember uh, one of our team members, Tamira, she said that she had a friend in real estate and was talking to her maybe last year, kind of fall going into winter kind of time frame when we were over like the summer pandemic version of the pandemic. And she said that her friend actually said without realizing that Tamira worked for Reminder Media, being a client of Reminder Media was like, hey, you know, this company, Reminder Media, like they were the one company that was consistently putting out <laughs> contact or content and keeping me motivated through all of this as a business owner, and as a service professional. So, you know, kind of saying that this is not us tooting our own horns, Although we tear ourselves down enough, we might as well toot our horns every once in a while. <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> this is saying like, no matter what you're doing, whether you're, whether it's your social media content, whether it's your phone calls, whether it's your client touch points, like consistency is so important from the trust factor and from the relationship side, because mm -hmm. now people expect to hear from you. Um, the idea of TV shows are always on at the same time for a reason because people show up to watch the TV shows. So mm -hmm. if they expect you to be there, you need to be there. Yep. And so that's important in your, in your marketing message as well, which kind of comes to one of the biggest questions we get, which is, well, how many times should I be connecting with my database? So yep. we're not necessarily talking about prospecting here, although there's a, there's a little bit to that too. Yep. This is also like, how often should you be connecting to the people that you've done business with in the past or that are in your database? Because uh, they requested more information from, or you've met yep. them or something in the past. This is a hard, it's a hard p uh, thing to put really a number on. We've heard people try to put numbers on it. Um, it's hard. Here's what I've always seen. It was interesting. We were talking to a financial advisor who's at Ameriprise has about a half billion dollar book of business, which in financial advising is a really big book of business, right? So that's a successful financial advisor. And this person had figured out it was literally about just over 30. I think he said 31 okay. that he found. And he did a ton of uh, testing on this, Jay did. Okay. A ton of testing on this. He found that for his database and his clients, it was 31 touch points basically a year mm -hmm. that really kept him engaged. Then you, everybody who's in real estate that's been in real estate for a while has probably read The Millionaire Real Estate yeah. Agent. And, you know, they talked about the 33 touch program. Yep. We have always found that, look, 
the more you can be in front of people, the better if it's of value. What I've always really recommended to people is you should try to be in front of people at least every two weeks, like 26 times a year. Every two weeks, you're in front of them. If you can get up to that 30 plus mark, we've seen and had people do really well at it. I always give the example of the guy in Annapolis, uh, Brian, who does over 250 touch points. I mean, this guy pulls $6 million out of his business and he does 250 touch points. That is uh, the 250 I use as the extreme example to go, you can't really do too many. If there's value. If there's value, right? right? But it's dangerous for people to do 250 touch points. So I would recommend to people that look, minimum, you got to be in touch once a month. Minimum, you got to be in touch once a month. Really what you should be trying to do is how do I every two weeks get in front of somebody and more even importantly than the frequency of how often, it's also the the myriad of different communications that come in from yes. the consistency. Yeah. No, I looked up an example because I think there's a lot of different examples for the 33 touch campaign since it was popularized by uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papazon uh, in their book. Um, so a lot of people have come up with like different kind of combinations just so that you all have an example or something to go off of. You can, of course, look this up yourself. But one example that I found was email marketing. So doing a monthly newsletter. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's your 12 touches right there. A monthly market report. So even if you did those two things, and this is real estate specific, but even if you did those two that's things. That's 24. That's, yeah, 24 touch points. So yeah. you're about every two weeks right there. An annual real estate evaluation. So that's uh, an additional touch. One freebie or item of value is another additional touch. Handwritten note for your birthday or home anniversary. So there's two touches right there. Call, text, video, emails is another two touches. And then two events a year gets you to those 33 touches. So if you're looking for a way to space that out or plan out some sort of touch point calendar, that's an example you can use. If you're using like our company, just as an example, Reminder Media, we've got six magazines that'll go out a year. That'll take care of those six touches, 12 touches for the digital edition email marketing. And if you add in local events, it's another 26 touches. So right there is 44 touches that are really automated, high quality touch points that you can be sending out to your database, which really drives home. It's sort of like we get questions about how often should I email my, and you maybe look at prospects or clients, but how how often should I email? Like we hit our list. We hit our (laughs) list a lot with emails, uh, more so from the prospect standpoint, but even, even I was listening to, uh, we had one of our clients do a story on Reminder Media. So if you're not following us on Instagram, we're at Reminder Media. But they even said, like, I get great emails from them, usually about once a day. (laughs) And it's true. We do send out a lot, but we're very, very cognizant and we watch our open rates and our click through rates and make sure that we don't fall into what we've we've kind of uh, Jill Fanslaw was on our podcast. She gives us acronym ROT. So we look at this as a marketing team as well. So you can't be redundant. Yep. Can't be outdated. And your content can't be trivial. Mm -hmm. Right. Meaning it can't have no meaning to the person. Not because a single email is going to not get opened, right? but because you lose trust. Once you start sending too many emails that are trivial or not relevant to the people you're sending, they will stop opening your emails. They will unsubscribe. Yep. They will mark you as spam. And that's just one example of the touch points that you can be giving to your clients. A major point I will make with your consistency of contact is also should be uh, directed by the segmentation of your list, like your database. So your core advocates, you're going to be in contact with a ton more than the people that are maybe like the, they're not quite anonymous, they're maybe acquaintances to you. Um, So you're going to be in contact a ton more with your advocates. I think it was Sean Carpenter that says he reaches out by phone call to his advocates once a month Mm. um, is what he does. Um, So I think he has that whole bullseye thing. You can go back and listen to his episode. 
but like your advocates it's and like stuff like that. It's like 20 people in the center of the bullseye. Those are the people he yeah, contacts you, every month. Yeah, you should be on the phone with them. You should be, you should know, I think it was um, Barbette's and her podcast, yeah. uh, which yeah. is phenomenal. Like she knows, like for her advocates, she throws special events. They're invited to those events. She knows what's going on in their kids' lives. She knows those type of things. So if you think about your contact consistency, you should know who are my advocates and how often am I in contact with them? And yes, maybe I have a 33 touch going for all my clients, but my advocates, I'm going to also be on the phone with once a month. Yeah. So that really kind of brings us into the next thing where it comes to your consistency of message, which is your brand consistency. So Mm -hmm. this is something that is so important from the standpoint of it goes back to the expectations. What can somebody expect when working with you? A lot of that comes through how you're presenting your brand in a consistent manner as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was reading before this and we were talking, kind of doing research for this show is going uh, and McKinsey, I think it was, that did the study in 27,000 Americans. And they say consistency of service actually produces the obvious. It produces better results for you, better client retention, all this stuff. Well, your brand consistency, your service is a piece of your brand, what it represents for your brand the design of what you do on your website, on your mailers, to your email, it represents your brand. Like if we started putting out really crappy designs, really crappy quality print, people would feel an inconsistency with our brand because we are known in the industry with our magazines and stuff like that. We produce really high quality pieces. And so you've got to know, hey, what is your brand stand for? And I forget who it was we had on the podcast. Was it Kevin Scanlon that talked about show your logo to oh, people yeah. and say, what does this make you feel? Well, after showing a series of other, like show the Apple logo, name yep. one word, show the Volvo logo, name one word. Now show your logo. Can someone name one yep. word? So I think it's like um, knowing what did you stand for and are you consistently putting that out in the market? Do you have consistency in your brand? Specifically, I would challenge everybody who's listening to this. Do you have consistency? of your actual service. Mm. Like, does every client get treated the same at the highest level? I mean, imagine Chick-fil-A producing a chicken sandwich and the next chicken sandwich they produce is totally different, right? right? You would never recommend Chick-fil-A because you would be like, you know, I had a great chicken sandwich, but I don't know if you're going to have a great chicken, right? (laughs) The great companies that can produce the high quality uh, product consistently, the same level of service consistently. Can you do that? Because that's going to play into people wanting to use you over and over again. Yeah, I think uh, Chick-fil-A is a great example. I looked up their purpose statement because I was thinking, okay, when your clients, how do you sort of uh, set out what your client's experience should be like? And everyone knows when you go to Chick-fil-A, it's the longest drive through but it moves the fastest, right? Yeah. It, they've systemized the client experience, the customer experience. Every time you complete an order, you know exactly what that Chick-fil-A employee is going to say. Their purpose is to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A, <laughs> which really is shown. Ariel, I love that. <laughs> is really is shown through how they treat communication and how they train it. And they've systematized this. Uh, Mike, um, oh, Michael McFall Michael was on the McFall. podcast with Bigby Coffee. And he talked a lot about that with his own chain of franchises with, yep. with his coffee franchises. Another thing that you mentioned, so the three elements of your brand is customer experience. Yep. You touched on that a lot. Also values. You touched on mm. this as well. This is the idea of backing up your words with your actions. Yeah. So that's so important that people that you have consistent values through, uh, across all your interactions. And then the last one you touched on also is your brand identity element. This is usually what people think is first. Oh, my logo is my brand. Right. Your logo is not your brand. Your logo is what people say about your company. But those identity elements um, 
give people, again, I keep coming back to the word expectations, but it, it allows them to brand visually in your mind. Mm-hmm. This person is this brand. Uh, I'm going to expect this from this. And you can give off perceptions of your brand yeah. through your marketing. You know, there's like the 12 brand archetypes. Maybe we'll do like a whole podcast on that sometime <laughs> where it's like each one has like their own color palette and their own drives and fears and, and ultimate goals kind of in the different like the brand psychology. Well, it's like that. Outlaw, like Harley yeah. Davidson is the Outlaw. Yeah. Apple's the creator and they have all these different kind of color schemes that go with that it. That would be a great podcast. Psychologically works. Like when you go through it, it all makes sense. But when you actually look at color theory, like there's certain colors have different meanings behind yeah. them through historical and regional purposes. So there's a lot that you can do there with your brand identity as well. That's not everything though, but it's also not to be ignored. Like what you're saying, if you're yep. representing a high quality luxury brand, you need to make sure that your yep. visual elements represent that as well. The last thing that we want to talk about is the biggest threat. So when I look at when people are saying consistency is their biggest struggle, my first thought always goes to, well, what do you mean? Just do it. Yeah, like, just, do <laughs> just it. be consistent. Come on, be Nike. Just do it. But that's the biggest threat is people stop, mm-hmm. right? They, they give up. They well, stop think, doing it, um, even if they know what to do. One of the things is consistency is boring. Mm. Consistency is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it can lead to boredom, but it also can lead to doubt because when you're doing the same thing over and over again, you feel like, am I being left behind? Am I left out? Am Mm. I not evolving? Am I not moving fast enough? Like these, I'm just speaking from personal experience of my own feelings, like being the best at creating one magazine, selling it to one industry when we have all this other opportunity is really, really difficult, right? And to do that for so long, but you realize like the great companies, like they're narrow focused. And it doesn't mean they never expand out, but they consistently chop away at what they're trying to accomplish. And because they do that and they stay on that course, they end up accomplishing it faster because of whatever lull is out there. It's for some reason, if you keep you know, chopping away at something, you stay, think about money and how it it's grows. If you stay in, effect, right? right? Yeah. If you stay in consistently and you don't remove your money from the market and you don't try to manipulate, you don't take out your money from yeah. your 401k, it exponentially grows in compounds, right? The power of compounding. But it's the same. I think people get scared, they get bored, they think they're missing out and they give up. And then quite frankly also is, I mean, think about the one we all relate to the most is staying consistent in your working out. And here's the problem. The problem is you take one day off from working out, one day off from eating properly, and the next day is so much easier to take off. Yeah. And then the next day is so much easier to take off. It's like you cannot allow yourself. It's discipline. Yeah. It's all, it's all in, it's all in discipline. It's also a little bit in belief. Like you do have to believe and like maybe, maybe you, and you mentioned this a little bit, but maybe you stop believing that what you're doing is the right thing because you're not seeing mega massive results, this explosive growth. But the flywheel is such a great analogy for this because, uh, and this was uh, an analogy used in the book, Good to Great, where the first turn of the flywheel is so slow. Mm. And then the second turn of the flywheel is a little bit faster. And then it goes a little bit faster to the point where the flywheel requires no external momentum. momentum. It just starts spinning itself at super high speeds. I think that, especially when dealing with relationship marketing, I'm so much more like, uh, what's reinvigorated or reenthused about the idea of relationship market after some of the interviews that we had recently, because these are individuals, Barb Betts, you mentioned, Glenda Baker, uh, we have uh, either coming out or maybe it'll already come out when this episode comes out. But like they are so purposeful in their relationship building and incredibly consistent and they are mega producers. So it's not. But in the short term, theory. it doesn't make you money. 
Yeah. And, well, not all the time. Sometimes you get lucky and it does. But in the short term, it, it usually doesn't make you money. I think of this podcast, like the three plus years we've been at this grinding away at it. And, and I'm so thankful we have stayed consistent in it. Yeah. And we've kept building upon it and kept doing it. Our content, our blogs, all those things that in the, in the moment don't make you anything. And you're wondering, does anybody even care? Until work? we stopped. Remember when we stopped doing the Above the Noise series and yeah, you had people someone were like, at a conference come up to you and say, hey, why'd you stop making yeah. those videos? <laughs> it's like, you never told us you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know that you're listening. Yes. And head on over to Apple Podcast and rate the podcast. Give it a five-star review as well as a comment to let us know how we're doing. And check us out on YouTube. Uh, Reminder Media. Nope, not that. YouTube.com slash Reminder Media is where we post all of the podcast episodes. We'd love to hear your comments on there as well. So thank you so much for listening. You can head on over to statepaidpodcast.com for our show notes for this episode as well. And the best way to help out the show is to tell a friend and share this on social media. Um, this one comes from our friend, Sean Carpenter. Mm. So you know how we talked about being consistent. You know, you just have to do it. You know, if you, if you don't, you don't have anyone to blame for yourself. He sent me this graphic. Never blame someone else for the road you're on. That's your own asphalt. <laughs> so you can't blame anyone. That's the best dad joke <laughs> I've heard. A little bit inappropriate for a dad joke, but I it's love, asphalt. It's I love what the, the first roads are made out of. <laughs> Luke loves a dad joke. It came from Sean Carpenter. And it yeah. wasn't yours. <laughs> it's kind of like the old commercials. Uh, um, you bet your sweet ass for cream. Yeah. Like you never knew that that was inappropriate as a kid. It was just a catchy jingle. And then when you get older, you're like, I know what they're saying now. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can contact us at podcast at remindermedia.com as well as connect with us on social media, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. And the action item from this one is look at your client experience and ask yourself, am I being consistent? Does every client have the same level of service that you want for your clients? When you deliver the same level of service consistently, it's going to have the greatest effect on the results that you get, not only from those clients, but the referrals that they're going to bring you. Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. <laughs>